ladies and gentlemen, and whoever else may be listening, uh, welcome to the 42nd episode of the Post-Concussion Syndrome Awareness Podcast. Uh, today we have uh, another very special treat. Uh, I've got Dr. Ralph Cornwell, PhD, all the way from Boston, Massachusetts, in the uh, northeastern seaboard of the USA. And um, Ralph is going to come and talk to me and probably educate me because this is part part of the area. I'm not I'm not really up on <laughs> physiology and all the correct terms, so Ralph's probably going to school school us all in that. Um, so he, he, Ralph is um, an exercise physiologist and a researcher. It is in, independent research, neck and spine and cervical issues, and he, he's been on this mission for over twenty years. Um, and he, he also lectures uh, in this area. I've heard him talk before on podcasts, and his knowledge is, is phenomenal. Um, he, he looks he looks and sounds like a true pioneer, and um, he's worked with professional athletes, NFL players, baseball, soccer players, uh, women's soccer, lacrosse, all, all kinds of uh, different athletes. And he, he currently... Um, uh, works as part of his own concussion prevention protocol uh, clinic um, with with colleagues, and they generally help people to uh, retrain the head and neck following trauma or concussion as well. Uh, that's my my kind of crude uh, synopsis of it, but I'm sure that you're going to enjoy this interview, and I'm sure and we're we're all going to learn quite a lot as well. So here's the interview which we recorded today. I hope that you'll enjoy. Right, so here we are, ladies and gentlemen, and we have all the way from uh, wonderful Boston, Massachusetts, is uh, Dr. Ralph Cornwell. Hi, Ralph. Hello, my friend. How are you? I'm absolutely grand, thank you. And yourself? Um, I'm quarantined, so as far as I know, <laughs> I am uh, corona-free. Is that your wife who's quarantined you? Or? <laughs> uh, I think we're both we're, we're Each simultaneously other. quarantined, I believe. Each other. Well, I live on my own, so I've quarantined myself. <laughs> but uh, I still I still did get to go out to the park today, and I like the botanical gardens are coming out into flower. It's beautiful. So I was just like, that, that made my day. Well, you're a lucky man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm lucky it's just down the street, old Victorian Park. Right, so... Um, would you like to start by telling us a little bit about um, about from where you are? I know you, you, you're from Virginia originally, beautiful Virginia. Um, yes. How did you get into this game in the first place? I mean, I know your, your concussion prevention protocol website tells people quite a bit about you. Um, but how did you get to where you are? I know you've got a PhD as well, haven't you? Well, you know, I was, um, I was a strength coach for over 20 years and... Um, the college level, the professional level, and actually had the most uh, fun and gratification in the high school level. Um, but that's a whole different story um, that we can cover. But um, but I was a strength coach, conditioning coach, and I, I was going. I was invited to this all star hockey game. Yeah, and um, and these guys were just phenomenal athletes. Right. And there was a kid who had a full scholarship to Notre Dame, and uh, he was probably six foot five, two hundred and forty pounds. Wow! But the one thing I noticed yeah. was um, he had these wide shoulders. Because you know they wear pads, but you could tell that he was quite widthwise, quite wide. Yeah. But his neck was about the size of my wrist. And I, and I thought that was odd, uh, just in the beginning. But I said, you know, 
I wasn't really, um, you know, uh, into the concussion thing at that time. Okay. But, um, you know, he, he played a great uh, first quarter. And then uh, in the third quarter, he was chasing a pug down. And a guy cut his legs out from under him. And he went headfirst into the, uh, the, uh, the, the net itself. And then slammed into the wall. And broke his neck. Holy and, fuck. And he never, uh, he lived. Yeah. Uh, I think he's still alive. Uh, this was uh, right. late 19, well, late 1999, 1998. Okay. And um, I thought to myself, you know, they had spent so much time developing all these muscles. Because this guy had muscles where I didn't even know there were muscles. And, but they neglected the thing that is probably the most important thing you have. Because if you're, if your brain's not working, it doesn't matter how fast you can skate or how strong you are or, or what you can do physically. If you don't have the, that, that CPE uh, unit, you know, you don't have the computer working, uh, yeah. the body doesn't, doesn't function. So uh-huh. uh, I started thinking to myself, why do we neglect that? Why do we neglect that? And, um, mm-hmm. and that was sort of the, the impetus to, to start looking and asking, you know, why don't we do that? And uh, it led me in several different directions. Right. So that was like the catalyst for you to, to start looking down this avenue, down this pathway. Yes, um, absolutely. So where did you go from then? I mean, what, what, what did you just read and study more? Or did you go well, into a specific had, uh, area to work? I had worked with um, the Washington Redskins oh, yeah. on and off. Uh, and uh, there was a, a gentleman there by the name of Dan Riley. And um, in the States, he, he, he's a legendary strength coach. And uh-huh. he worked with uh, the man who developed Nautilus, uh, Arthur Jones. Wow. And, um, and the thing is, they they were, like, way ahead of everyone else. Yeah. Um, so when, when you walked into Redskin Park, which is the performance facility, mm. uh, you had to step over the neck machines <laughs> and the machines that worked the trapezius because he wanted to emphasize, yeah. you know, you, you don't get in until it. you do this. Yeah. So we always did the neck first. We, we didn't know about the muscles that hold the head on yet. We don't want to study that, but we we prepared the neck, we prepared the trapezius because, uh, you know, Dan would always say, that's the shock absorber for the body. And if we don't prepare that, well, yes. then why are we doing anything else? That's a, that's a really good point. You know, and it takes me back to an article I wrote about the history of post-concussion syndrome. Going back to, I think, the 1840s, it was uh, Erickson, who's, uh, I think, Queen Victoria's physician. And he, he kind of gave his name to it as Erickson's disease. What was happening at the time was a lot of people, a lot of guys that worked on the railways, uh, you know, and, and things, were, were getting this, uh, they called it railroad spine at one point. Uh, and it was, they, they said it was because, obviously, they were hammering away, there were sledgehammers, they were hammering rivets and things all day into train tracks and stuff. And the shock through the spine into the brain was actually causing this this condition. Yes, yes. Um, so you know, pe- yeah. people think you have to be hit in the head, but you yeah. know, people can actually just fall, you know, right on their behind, and then the and shock, the, the, the energy will yeah. reverberate right through, up to the spine, to the brain, yeah. and shake yeah. the brain, and and you're concussed, but you were never struck. Yeah. 
Very true. So uh, I, I want you to send me that uh, that article. Oh yeah, yes, sir. I, I've yeah. never read that, and that would be fascinating. Yeah, no, I, well, Kosovo history, it goes all the way through, and then obviously railroad spying became, uh, during World War One. Uh, it, it was looked at uh, as, oh, yeah, a different kind of thing. Before it was called post-traumatic shock, then later became a part of a syndrome of shell shock with PTSD. Uh, but at that time, between World War One and Two, they were court-martialing and even executing people for having it. Yeah, they, call, they were basically calling it court marshalling them for, for, yeah. for literally cowardice or whatever. And he, he, and my own my own granddad Alfred, he was in three wars up until World War Two, uh, and he was blowing off his motorcycle. I mentioned that in the article, and he he sustained a head injury. He was never the same again. He completely changed his character, so it was like a, a traumatic or severe traumatic brain injury. And yeah, so yeah, he's. I think it's one of the better articles I wrote, but <laughs> I'll send it to you, definitely. Absolutely. Now, if you want to fast forward, I found something. Um, okay. When I was at Virginia Tech, I had the greatest group of uh, archives researchers. These people could Ooh. find, if I said, I need to find this, Yeah. Um, they always found it. And it was oh. the most obscure things. Fantastic. So I, I said, I heard... Uh, there's a really famous coach that used to coach at Ohio State mm-hmm. by the name of Woody Hayes. Right. And he's famous, but he's also infamous. <laughs> okay, so... I want to ask for. <laughs> but I had heard that, that he... Um, Gossip time. <laughs> <laughs> he actually... Um, uh, he noticed that when they went to hard shell helmets, that, that yeah. these, the players were suffering some sort of uh, headache syndrome. They didn't even really call it right. a concussion. Uh-huh. So he got with the Nautilus uh, uh, gentleman, Arthur Jones, and they uh, started the first uh, uh, neck and uh, cervical spine training center within Ohio State. Mm-hmm. And it, uh, it, it reduced this concussion syndrome-ish thing that they didn't understand. Yeah. Dramatically, so uh, the the team position for the entire university he yeah. mandated whether you played, uh, whether you were a swimmer, uh, bowling, uh-huh. whatever, you had to go through the the, the spine cervical spine training regiment at least once a week, twice a week in the off season, yeah. and it was really flourishing. But unfortunately, that same year. Uh, Woody Hayes is playing, and I believe it's a, it's a bowl game, mm. and uh, he loses his composure, and he strikes a player uh, from the University of Clemson, Ooh, and that was the end of Woody. Uh, and, yeah, yeah. and I always say, you know, if he did not strike that player, what concussions have gone in a different <clears throat> direction? Wow, it's, 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 it's history. Uh, well, in the moment, it's such a fragile thing. Yeah, if he oh, even gosh. lost his temper, he could have been uh, nationwide famous, and he could have gone on to do great things. But oh my gosh, it's, it's um, a cautionary tale for you, for people. It is, it is a cautionary tale. He, <laughs> um, uh, you know, Probably, he? Uh, the things he could have uh, accomplished if he, he just would not, because he lost all power. I mean, he was he was like a god in Ohio, and mm. he could. Uh, obtained anything he wanted, and uh, I have yeah. pictures of this center, and, and it's really for its time in the in the, uh, 
late seventies, early eighties is really, really right. far and above. You know, it's it's probably yeah. even ahead of some of the larger training programs today. Uh, and because uh, some programs don't even address anything above the shoulder. No, that, yeah, they don't go there. And that's a problem. It's a massive problem. I mean, it's like, well, it, it, to me, it's like common sense. I mean, I, I, I never really played a lot of sports at school. A bit, a bit of soccer, what you call soccer, what we call football. And uh, though the only thing I did enjoy playing, oddly enough, was baseball. Uh, but I never, you know, I was more than more of a solitary athlete after that running and stuff. But my my head injuries, are, concussions, only occurred from falls and things. So uh, I never sustained any in sports. But uh, I only got to a chiropractor last year for the first time. And mine started in 2006, so yeah. I only really got a lot of relief and learned about things like suboxulation and other stuff. Um, and this, this chap just put me more or less back to how it should be. Uh, it's a, like super, super scapular nerve in my left shoulder, which is an issue for years, and um, just massively helped me. So, but, yeah, I understand, understand I do, the parts uh, of it. The certification. Yeah. And it's, um, it's a four day event. You know, and it's it's hands on. Uh -huh. you, know, you can either buy my equipment, but you can actually do it with uh, a zero to ninety bench, a towel, <coughs> and, and hands. Once you know how to apply the pressure, just like with a chiropractor, you know, yeah, uh, skill set. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, gosh, I, I have lost count how many people we've um, certified, but <coughs> the chiropractors always do much better than any other discipline, whether it be MDs, yeah. physical therapists, because yeah. they understand the head and the neck yeah. much more so than, um, I, you know, I went to, I had to get, you know, when I moved to uh, this uh, Connecticut area, I had to, yeah. <laughs> uh, I was assigned a doctor. And, okay. and I said, um, and I just threw this out because this gives me confidence in the doctor. I go, hey, can you name five muscles that actually hold your head onto the cervical spine? Right. And uh, I said, now, the head, not the, not the neck. Mm. And um, she couldn't do it. And uh, <laughs> she almost got a little weepy on me. And, uh, <laughs> and I said, God, you know, um, did you ever treat people who come in with concussions? She goes, oh, my God, yes. When football season starts, I see them right. left and right. Mm. I, said, I said, if you don't even know the anatomy, yeah. How, do you, how do you treat them? This, this is it. Anatomy and physiology should be the, the, the key principle of, of any physician's language, you know, and it just seems like, well, I, I, you, you got the doctors here, over here in the UK, Ralph, and you tell them your symptoms, they immediately turn, turn the swivel chair to the computer and they have like, um, a, a, like a search engine provided by the drug companies. And they put in what they think you have and the symptoms and that. And it just kicks up like a list of four or five drugs in exactly. a certain order that you can take. And that's it. It's very much the same here. Uh, it's just... Yeah, well, I guess because you're allowed to advertise drugs on TV there, which oh, seems my gosh. bonkers. Uh, and they all... Uh, you know, <laughs> the commercial is so funny. This may cause death. It's the last thing. Yeah, this talking. may cause death. And, uh, you know, and my wife and I, we laugh about it, but it's sort of sad that, you know, oh, the side effects are worse than the actual illness they're trying to treat. So, yeah, um, I don't think drugs are the way to go. Uh, no. So, so going back to, yeah, you, you said that, you know, you had found this, this underlying lack of knowledge in, in yes. other people then, you dealt with. And then I started, um, 
uh, speaking at, uh, I spoke at a huge coaches convention in the Midwest. And um, I started talking about how my research had reduced concussions at this high school by 65%, uh, this high school by 75%, this uh, college uh, went concussion free for an entire season. Um, and this is what they did. And I could, I could barely get through a sentence without a hand going up. And I was, well, yes, can, uh, can help me. Um, you're talking about before the concussion. Yes. yes. <laughs> yeah. You, but you can't do anything before the concussion. I said, oh, yes, of course you can. Yeah. Um, do, do, you, do you guys ever tear your hamstrings? Oh, we have a lot of torn hamstrings. But do, you, you still train them correctly. Yeah. You don't you don't just leave them because we don't want to touch them because we might, you know, cause them to tear more severely, or ACLs tear all the time. Oh yeah. yeah. And you do an ACL prevention program, but it doesn't prevent the ACL. You you hope mm-hmm. that it lessens it, but you don't ignore it. Yeah. What do you do for the neck? And they basically said we ignore it. <laughs> <laughs> That's like you know. Um... Well, I don't want to be crude, but it's like saying, "Well, you know, why use a condom?" <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, why, you know, why kind of why 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 think about prevention? You know, why take vitamin C and vitamin D every day? Or you know, drink sister's tea. Or do something that can help your immune system. And um, I said, you know, if um, well, during my dissertation defense, um, yeah. I had two really sharp sharp guys on the uh, committee, okay. and I would say maybe four that were not on the same page as myself. Mm-hmm. And um, I said, you know, um, they treated polio as something you could only maintain. You couldn't cure it. Mm-hmm. Uh, all you could do is maintain the symptoms, uh, try to make sure everyone's aware that if you have polio, you, you will probably be crippled and possibly die. Mm-hmm. Um, so they had the iron lung, you know, and uh, give you a nice wheelchair. And, yeah. Maybe dip you into some mineral springs, but they never looked at prevention until uh, one doctor mm. uh, came up with the idea and he said, Well, what if we try to prevent this? Yeah. And uh, that poor devil had to go through, he had to jump through so many, he had to in, inject his entire family, mm. his grandmother, his, uh, his entire staff. Wow. And then it, it took a year to, to get the vaccine into production. And the government didn't pay for it. He did. Yeah, did it himself. Yes, and it, it actually, when it started curing people, of course, you know, the, the government said, well, we, well, we knew it all the time. Yeah, of course, yeah. But, uh, um, but I said, if, if, if we followed your logic, uh, I would be giving this this, uh, this defense probably in a wheelchair because we wouldn't have cured uh, polio. We just would have maintained it through the years. Yeah, um, like we're doing concussions. You know, we want we want you to be aware. Uh-huh. We want to maintain them, um, but really, you know, there's nothing we can do to, to, to in any way mitigate them. Yeah. I mean, we're gonna it's we're gonna have yeah. concussions. I mean, if course, we're yeah, always if we're, if we're active and we're doing stuff, but if you're thinking about it, if, if you if you build the um, the cylinder that the that the skull is actually setting on. And then you strengthen the muscles that are holding the yeah. skull onto the cervical spine, mm-hmm. and you don't get as much movement. And, and I know uh, your your previous uh, uh, doctor that you interviewed, uh, he, he talked about postural 
awareness. And, yeah, yeah. Uh, he's very correct uh, mm-hmm. with that. But you, you add the, the posture with the, the added strength and stability and stiffness, um, the body becomes more aware of what's going on. So, so mm. if you have situational awareness, um, you can see things coming. You can maneuver your body better. Um, yes, it's just like um, any you know anything that you exercise, it's going to perform better. Yeah, but, but to do nothing uh, and to say, you know, yeah, I don't, yeah, well, I don't want to touch that. You know, I, I, this, I a, lot of, a lot of physical therapists say, you know, we just don't want to, don't want to, you know, it's, it's fragile. You don't want to well, strengthen that weak point, potentially weak yeah, point. Yeah, don't strengthen the weak point. No, no, leave it, you know. So with all these, these uh, was it NFL where you were, you were presenting and lecturing to these the people and they were Actually, this was asking a, questions? A, a, this, this was probably uh, all the major colleges right, in the okay. Midwest. Um, I, uh, I believe that it's the Big Ten Conference. Okay. And, and, it's, and it's big time football. It's big money. Yeah. But I probably got 25. I, I actually had to say, let's just hold our questions till the end. <laughs> Otherwise, we'll be here for three hours. Because <laughs> he was to say, now, wait a minute. I'm not hearing you correctly. You're saying do this before, right? This is not something you do. I said, no, you, you know, it's a, a preventative. It's not mm-hmm. a cure. There is no cure. Unless we're going to be uh, sedimentary, never move, never fall, never drive. Never do anything, then we we will have concussions. Yeah. But we also are going to tear ACLs, and we we uh, we strengthen them. There's probably 200 ACL uh, protocols in the in the uh, spread around the country. Mm. Do we prevent them? No. Do you do them in, in hope that it lessens the injury? Absolutely. Yeah. But with your brain, eh, not so much. Isn't it a strange thing? And I think. I, I only became aware of all this like 2006 onwards and I, I was thinking about how well the health service here it's like I, chal- I kept challenging them straight away I was into them kind of like well, why why don't you and they didn't have any care pathways at all and it was like well what do you do to help like prevent people and they're like they just looked at me like a dog dog that had been shown a card trick it was just kind of like you know what what you want about you speak you speak alien language <laughs> and I was like yeah. Even even now they're still not up to it, and I think yeah you know, you way ahead in North America. Ah dear. So what what was the kind of outcome of that after after you'd, you'd spoken to everybody and gone through all the questions? Did you make like new contacts and? Well, uh, you know, um, there was a lot of initial enthusiasm. Right. And I did get one of the colleges in the Big Ten to uh, to start training it. Okay. Uh, you know, training the head and the neck, yeah. and, and the surrounding muscles. You know, so it's so so we're all one unit. You know, we're not. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's there's a law of disproportionality. You know, and it's using construction. Mm. You know, the, the weakest, like a skyscraper, the weakest point is going to snap. So yes, yeah. if you're dispor- disproportionately weak uh, in the head and neck area, well, uh, why are you uh, surprised when you have a broken neck? Or you have some sort of mm. spinal injury or a concussion. Yeah. I mean, why are you surprised? You didn't do anything. Mm. So, um, and uh, you know, it's um, I've, I've got to the point when I speak. I, I the last time I spoke was on the West Coast, which is actually 
they're more accepting. I don't know what it is about uh, California. Yeah, it is. Very accepting. Yeah, absolutely right. That's a high percentage of listeners to, to my podcast in the USA is all is all California. But I mean, Berkeley to especially. Yeah, but, Berkeley. Uh, but they really they got it. Oh, that makes sense. Absolutely. Yeah. And I, I do have people who have implemented this. Um, but in other places, um, uh, mm. the last place I spoke was. Uh, uh, it was almost the West Coast. Let's call it the uh, far Midwest. Okay. I don't want to say. I don't want to say yeah, no, that's fine. No, that's all right. Just yeah, I've got okay. an idea. Okay, so I said, uh, how many people are in this vineyard? And uh, the gentleman who would, who had uh, scheduled this, he said, ah, there's about 950 people. Right. And so I had become so disenchanted with the outcomes. I said, you know, I'm here to talk to maybe 10 people in this room. Because the majority of you are just going to just, you know, it's going to roll off your back and you're going to say, I'm not going to do that. Yeah, yeah. So if I can convince 10, I said, now 10's being really, um, you know, um, optimistic. Yeah. I'll just take one. If one person comes up and says, you know something? My school is going to implement that, mm. and we're going to see what happens. And uh, it can't hurt. It certainly can't hurt. No. Um, I said, that's all I'm going for. So the rest of you guys, if you want to tune out, you don't want to watch any yeah, of the... No, uh, that's, that's a good way to do it, to do it. yeah. And then it, it's like them that makes them think, well, I, uh, I might miss something. But exactly. Yeah. And they're like, am, am I the one? Yeah. It's a numbers game as well. You know, there's always that, that percentage. People aren't ready maybe they have some level of misunderstanding or cognitive dis- dissonance within their own mind to to, yeah. new, to new ideas i mean there's that old saying is it only the closed mind is certain so a large <laughs> a, a large proportion of people will go along to watch a lecture or a talk or something which is supposed to be kind of like you know out there revolutionary and they'll go with the mind made up oh, oh yes absolutely and they won't change it but you know, later on, it might trick. It trickles down in the mind later on, and then they see it somewhere else, and all of a sudden, oh, hang on a minute. <laughs> so, and there was a. He's a very prominent uh, neurosurgeon. Uh, okay. Uh, he was he was at one of the speaking engagements, and uh, he stood mm. up and he said, "You know, I don't believe any of this." And I said, "Well, please, doctor, uh, tell me why." Well. Just let it happen. And I said, well, let, let oh. what happen? Let their necks break. Yeah, if, they don't, if they don't die, yeah. they, will, they will bring them to me. My expertise is neurosurgery, spinal repair. <laughs> I will fix them. And then it's, a, it's done. And I said, yeah, but that's crazy. That's like, you know, uh, you know we know they have cancer. Um, go ahead and let it metastasize. Jeez, yeah, yeah, let it spread. You know, and I'll, I'll cut it out because that's what I do. We'll shoot. We'll, we'll oh. give them a lot of chemo, some radi- radiation, and and uh, some of them are going to die, but some are going to live. <sighs> and in this in the same uh, venue, um, this uh, gentleman pops up and he goes, "Well, you know, I've started this company that um, it has a uh, it's an emblem that, that's on the helmet." And if someone receives X amount of G's 
that will equate to the, uh, a concussion, the light will start flashing <laughs> on the helmet. And I said, well, I, I don't want to seem like I'm belittling your research because I, I'm sure you've a lot of time. <laughs> That's like, uh, once again, I'll go back to the other doctor. I'll go, it's like, uh, you know, you've got cancer, but you're not really sure. But this light goes off on like your watch or something and says, hey, you know something? You've got I'm sorry, I, I, can't, I can't help but laugh. Um, I mean, that, 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 the, the other guy, the neurosurgeon, I mean, Ralph, how dare you try to do him out of his living? Oh, my God. <laughs> I, let, I think that his, his ego was I offended. Do. Let me do what I do. Is what the, uh... Bruised ego asked that question. Oh, my God. Oh, <laughs> an, an angry bruised ego, really. And, uh, it must be so it like, much fun. It was a high, how dare you moment, really. Yeah, how dare you. It must be so much fun doing those, those uh, lectures. But you know what? It's, uh, I'm, I'm sort of enjoying this, uh, <laughs> this quarantine. Yeah, I bet you are. <laughs> because I've just Fantastic. been doing podcasts. And podcasts yeah, uh-huh. are great because you're speaking with like-minded individuals, yeah, which is yeah. always good. Mm-hmm. Um and even if they don't agree with everything, you can have a conversation, you know. Yeah, well, yeah without, and, without anyone getting offended, you know. Like, yeah, exactly. If, if you do a podcast and, uh, and, like, say, in that third or fourth minute, I ask you a question and you go, oh, no, that's absolute bullshit, you know, and then the podcast ends because you <laughs> won't talk to me because I've taken a different viewpoint and, you know, you, you unfriend me. <laughs> it's like, well, <laughs> you wouldn't get any podcasting done. <laughs> no, no. But you know, life, life is... And the narcissistic kind of social media has, has made people like that sometimes. But yeah, if if you if you try to rearrange somebody's luggage like you did with that neurosurgeon un, unintentionally, then you're gonna get a, a response. Oh my gosh! I, guess. Uh, <laughs> I, I used to get hate mail my first year. Really? Oh my gosh! I would get uh, you know maybe a couple hundred emails. Uh, you're you're killing uh, sports. You're, you're you're ruining sports for all of us. Hey, um, Jesus. Uh, it, it was just sorry. Um, uh, some wow. of the things are just. I'm, I'm going to write a book. I think uh, once this is all over, with, I think you should do. Some yeah. of the responses that, that I've uh, encountered that are just they're, they're unbelievable. But isn't it isn't it the same that I say? Well, you know, when 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 you start to tell what your truth about something or, or, or an idea like that, first of all, you get laughed at and you get ridiculed. Uh, you know, to start with, and then people get angry, and then they kind of like reject it, and eventually time proves you right, and you get acceptance. So you, you may be riding that way still. Dead. You're, you, you know, you're, yeah. you're Nikolai Tesla, and you're dead. <coughs> Jeez, and yeah. uh, uh, this guy from Harvard, uh, he, he sent me a, a thing uh, years ago, and I kept it. It's, it's attached to the uh, top of my desk. Mm. And uh, let's see. He said, uh, don't worry about people uh, stealing your ideas. No. If your ideas are any good, uh, you'll have to uh, ram them down their throats. <laughs> yeah, that's really good. I like that. That's fun. Yeah, that's, that makes perfect sense to me. Yeah, and, and that's been the way in, in life. If you, if you are like you are, you, you think creatively in your own area of expertise or what has become your own area of expertise. You've studied hard. You have a lot of experience in this field, and you know you get to that point where you feel like you you you've got a, a really great grasp of things. If you um, don't have that knowledge, 
and you're just repeating other people's work or parroting other people or paraphrasing, then you're not going to come anywhere near, are you? No, you, you've got to push a little bit. Yeah, you've got to push. Um, Resistance, uh, yeah. You know, I said uh, there was one of my first, this is uh, 2009 maybe, mm-hmm. uh, I had a gentleman say, wouldn't it be better if the neck was just like, uh, you keep talking about, uh, you know, postural stiffness, you know, because when, you, when you're getting ready to play a sport mm, yeah. or, say, drive a race car or, yeah. you know, your adrenaline pumps, right. uh, the norepinephrine uh, is pumping, oh, yeah. uh, uh, you know, your fight or flight is, is, is so your postural muscles are, are already prepared. Now, if you had, uh, you know, we're so much smarter from the neck up. As far as yes. uh, awareness, um, we're finding out that you know our balance, um, yeah. movements are all really just contained right into the you know from, from the inner ear mm-hmm. to the receptors along the neck. You know we're so smart there. Mm. Uh, to, so to not to do anything, I know you you know you know so yeah, but you know, you're stepping on the field and you're not going to see it coming. Yeah, but. If you're a trained, in the, you're either trained or you're not trained. If you're trained properly uh, from head to toe, yeah. and you step on the field, and you've got this fight or flight adrenaline going, you are so hyper aware of your situation yeah. that yeah, you, you do, you can react at, at a because you know in the laboratory it's hard to get people to react at this, you know, this uh, spontaneous, you know, it's it's called the startle effect. Uh, effect, you know, it's like. Oh, yeah, you know, yeah. Uh, you know, you're walking down an alley and, uh, you know, someone grabs your shoulder and you're in a strange city, you know. Mm. Uh, and this is where the, the doctor we spoke to before is very, uh, very, very uh, correct about posture. Yes. Because USA Football, they, they run a thing called Heads Up. I don't know if you've ever heard oh, of yeah, Heads I Up. Yes, I've heard of that, yeah. Okay, so tell me how you would uh, play any sport uh like you're looking over a fence because that's pretty much the posture you're in in the heads up program. Yeah. And uh, your body doesn't. Re- and I said, and, and they they dropped it because I wrote an article about it and they've changed it now. Now it's an awareness group. They don't talk about uh, you know the heads head being up. They're, they're 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 like giving you a heads up now. Yeah, it's different. It was awareness now, but yeah. It's... My thing is, you know, if you're playing a sport. <clears throat> And, uh, and especially if it's like a soccer or American football or you know, <clears throat> rugby, you know, yeah. you, you can't plan out where this individual is going to, if they're coming at you, you can't all of a sudden go, well, I'm going to raise my head. I'm no, gonna... no, it's, you're in the moment, you're in the zone. Exactly. And, you, and you, you're, you're, fo- yeah, you're focused on the, the, the energy, aren't you? Yes. And with the startle effect, you drop your base, you drop your hips, your traps actually come up to the ears. The neck pulls down as yeah. a protective device. Mm-hmm. So why wouldn't you strengthen that starter? You know, that's what mm-hmm. I, I preach it. You know, if the body's going to do it anyway. My, my argument yeah. to, to undo heads up was if you go to the doctor and he hits your patellar tendon and your knee moves, you, you, you know, your, your leg uh, kicks. Yeah. Can you go to a two-week foot up program where you can undo 
that reflex because basically with the heads up, you're trying to undo a reflex. Yeah, you're trying to unnaturally undo it. Yes. So, mm-hmm. and of course, all the doctors said, "No, your 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 legs are always going to move unless there's some sort of neurological damage." So you can't undo a reflex. And I said, "Well, then how do you? Why do you think someone's going to stick their head up?" <laughs> when yeah, you know, when they're playing, whether they're heading a ball, whether they're making a tackle, um, it's more of a reflex where your 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 shoulders are up, the traps are contracted, the neck is contracted, and if it's stronger, then you can withstand much higher G's. I mean, that's just common sense. Yeah, uh, but common sense sometimes just as it went out. Yeah, true. That uh, fashion. I, I offered my services to the NFL free of charge for a year. Okay. And uh, I uh, didn't get... Uh, originally, they were very uh, uh, intrigued. Yeah. But when they found out there was some actual science behind it, uh, <laughs> uh, they didn't want to talk to me because I think they thought I was a guy that was going to go around and go, hey, you guys just got to take care of yourselves and... And mm-hmm. we want you to be aware that there's concussions out there. And, yeah, and yeah. When I showed them my research, they were like, oh, no, no, no. Concussions, yeah. concussions are oh. a billion-dollar business. Did you not know that? And I said, yes, but I thought we were trying to get rid of them. Mm, yeah, like, but don't give them a rocking boat and ask them to step onto it. Exactly. Mm. And uh, so I uh, haven't been embraced. Now, the UK, like the uh, the rugby teams, uh, they oh, contact yeah. me all the time. Oh, God, yeah. No helmets, nothing. And, um, and they ask me about things. And um, and I, I have a few NFL players that, that I've worked with. Mm. But, but here's the stigma. Um, their agents tell me, you can't tell anyone you've worked with them because that right. will make him seem weak and more concussion prone that he needs this special training what and i said yeah but wouldn't you say that he's he's more concussion resistant because yeah. he's been trained no no one else is training uh, so, what the mindset. so they, they came up with this collar yeah. uh, a couple well two, two seasons ago and it cuts off blood flow or venous return from the brain so there's more blood within the cranium and um, everyone who wore that, their concussions went up. Yeah, right. what a surprise. So, it, so it's not like a little device you can hook on. Mm. Um, they've come out with this Spider-Man suit now that it comes up to your chin and you can barely move your head. Right. And, oh, and I contacted the, um, the manufacturer and I said, you know, it's not a great, it's a great idea for, for hockey because you can't, you know, you know, hockey players sometimes get their throat cut mm. by the blade. And I yeah. said, that, that's an, it's incredible for that. Yeah. Because it's so damn thick, the blade's not going to get through it. Get through it huh? But I said, what if you put a strong, uh, prepared neck within that protective suit? My gosh. And then you had a great mouthpiece and yeah. uh, a proper helmet. You, you would have the formula. But... No one wants to like work in collaboration. Because no, no, of course, because of the way it's, it all works out, and everybody's protecting their own profits. Yes, trying and, to, uh, yeah. uh, and unfortunately, I, I believe I'm nonprofit. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm not registered as a nonprofit, but I believe uh, um, in the long run, 
um, you know, if I would flip my stance, I would uh, have much more money. If I just said, yeah, you can't do anything about concussions, but you know, uh, just be aware. Just be aware. When you're knocked out, you're not aware, but when you wake up, you'll be aware um, that you have been concussed. Yeah. Uh, but the thing is, uh, you go to the doctors and you go, okay, the kid comes in, he's concussed. And it doesn't have to be sports. It could be he's riding a skateboard. He's riding his bike. Yeah. Um, there's been some uh, innovation with bike helmets, w- w- which is coming along, but it's still, it, it still has to be – and it's actually in the U.K. Um, oh, yeah. It's a very, yes. very good ideas, but they're just not fully developed. But no. They're one in the right direction. Mm-hmm. Um, but what if this kid comes in and you're a doc? And the doctor sits there and he gets the pen light out. Oh, fix them, darling. <laughs> uh, so what day is it? Uh, weekday. Okay. Um, who's yeah. the president? Uh, I wouldn't say even if I wasn't confessed. Um, <laughs> you know, so, uh, yeah, no, so they So go home, shut the blinds. Maybe yeah. put on some very soft music. Mm. Uh, be in a dark room, uh, <clears throat> and then now they're sort of shifting and they're saying, "Well, no, you want to be active." But then, if, if your your brain is is uh, it needs more glucose, you know, you're going to become uh, yeah. sick to your stomach. Uh, mm. So, really, there's. Uh, I think you have to get through a period of I've been concussed. I have to heal, and then I have to heal additionally. But, but I think we're all aware of that. Um, I think what we're not aware of is there are some countermeasures that you can do, just like the ACL. ACLs tear every day, yeah. but you still have a- ACL prevention. Even though they don't prevent them, that's what their name is. Mm. I call it concussion mitigation because... Yeah, that's a good word, uh, good way to say it. You know, we can, we can somewhat mitigate uh, the mm. forces. And, you know, if the brain moves less, then the damage is less. Um, uh, if there's less torsion on the brain, then the, the axial tearing is, is less. Um, the newest helmet, the, 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 the squish helmet that just came out in the NFL, um, I've already proven mathematically that it actually increases the forces over a longer period of time. Because once they squish together, mm. well, it's sort of like you know when you when you stop a car and your body keeps moving even though the car stopped. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, so you strike the head, but that doesn't mean the forces have stopped. No, they're, they're continuing, and since they're both sticky and spongy, they stay mm. together longer. Yeah, like a, well, also in coop contra coop injuries as well. You're backwards and forwards, and yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. So, um, so but I'm still fighting the good fight. Uh, mm-hmm. Um, and, um, you know, <laughs> I'm trying to get the word out as much as possible. And, and really, um, but I, I think one of the best stories is there, there was a, a school that was in, um, um, Virginia is a pretty, uh, affluent state in most places, yes. but West Virginia, uh, not so much. They're, uh, mm. you know, the jobs are very scarce mm-hmm. and I had an individual, a coach say, you know, I read all your stuff, but we don't have any money. 
Um, you know, we barely have, uh, we have about 25, 26 guys. And uh, we always end up with about a 75% concussion rate. So we end up not finishing the season because we don't have any players. Don't have any players left. Jesus. So, um, so we don't have any money. So I said, okay, I'm going to send you a DVD. Free, free of charge. So you watch the DVD. Uh-huh. And I, I sent him a copy of um, a manual that we use for the certification. He read that very thoroughly. And I made one visit. And he would send me video. you know. And they weren't doing things exactly correctly. I mean, it wasn't perfect. But they were doing some things. And mm. they brought concussions down to they, they had won the entire season. Wow. And the thing that... that Freak this coach out. He's been coaching for 30 years, and we've always had the brachial plexus, the stingers, you know, that you get where your yeah. arm just goes numb. All right. We've always had that. Mm-hmm. But I need to know why we didn't have any. You got any. And I said, there's a couple of exercises you do that actually build the muscle that cover that that oh. nerve bundle mm. that, that ordinarily you don't do. And just through research, I've learned how to strength you know most people don't do this type of movement and if i could just go around the country with just a little bit of open-mindedness yeah. from the, from my uh the people that come i, I think they come to to boo as much as to learn but um yeah if they uh-huh. come with just an open mind you know maybe this could help my child yeah um yeah, the thing think... um actually in in blacksburg we had to move one time uh, okay. because we, on Saturdays and Sundays, we would have people who would have a mom and dad and a child with sunglasses on knocking on our front door. Right. Usually about 6 a.m. <laughs> yeah. Can you help and, us? Uh, I would open the door and go, can I help you? You know, is your, is your car broken down? You know, what do you need? And, oh, we need you to fix our daughter. Mm. And I said, how? How so? Well, she's a soccer player at... Uh, in Carolina, and uh, she uh, sustained a concussion, hitting the ball, and now she can't remember who she is, and she, her speech is uh, a little uh, off, and yeah. she was a, an honor student, so we're just going to leave her, and you fix it. <laughs> I said, no, Drop no, her off. You, you, read, you read the uh, the website, right? It was like pre- prevention, before, prior to. Prevention, yeah. And we're like, no, no, no. It said right there, you know, that you can help, uh, yes, Prior to the episode, and they're like, and they look at you like you know, like the, you're giving the card trick to the dog. <laughs> or but uh, oh, I would, uh, I would venture to say, by the twentieth person, we said, you know, we've got to move and get a PO box. Yeah, yeah. Get and we had so many people, and it was so sad because I would give oh, them the name sad, of yeah. a couple of uh, neuroscientists that are out on the West Coast that yeah. are very good. Mm-hmm. But they don't want those to do so much also. So if we could, uh, you know, reduce the forces that, that are being um, uh, applied to the brain through an organic, you know, we have so, yeah. you know, we're so smart from the neck up uh, as far as, like, mm. the, the muscle that allows us to swallow uh, the longest uh, coli or coli, depending on who, who taught you uh, Latin? Uh, 
it, it, it has more muscle spindles per gram oh, yeah, than anywhere else. Than any other muscle in the body. Yeah. So if that is just is super, super smart, it can <clears throat> it learn to and they're so they adapt so quickly. The neck is so strong. I, I've got a uh, I'll send you a video of a she's a ballerina and she had been yeah. dropped so many times oh, on her head and Oops. had so many concussions that she was probably hundred and twenty pounds. Um, I have a picture of her doing one of the um, the, the uh, exercises to, to cover the the nerve bundle that, yeah. uh, that goes down the uh, to the, the, the ganglion uh, area of the, of the neck. Yeah. You know, and because uh, she had stingers, you know, she wasn't a football player, but she's throwing her shoulder to move her arm. But she's only like 105, 107 pounds. She has a massive amount of weight across mm. her shoulders, and you can just see the muscles because she's so lean. Yeah, uh, the levator scapula is firing so well, and, and you know, and, and I get letters from her. You know, she's a professional ballerina now, and <coughs> she, she still does these exercises. And she goes, you know, I, I'm a better athlete because of it. I, I have better awareness, better kinesthetic awareness in space when I'm flipping backwards and things. I just, I feel like I, I know more. I know where I am in space. Well, I'm, I'm starting to see some parallels now, Ralph, between what you do. I mean, you're obviously an academic professional, you, a researcher, so on. I've never been academic, and I've, I've been what's called not a dialect. I, I teach myself things. So when I started the, the post-concussion syndrome awareness course in 2009, online, it was the first of its kind. And for a while, I, I, I'd been through certain things to do with obviously having allopathic drugs, and they nearly destroyed me nearly lost my life because of the health service here a couple of times and i i've had to get out of that into natural ways of recovering and i was determined i was absolutely determined that there had to be natural ways to treat this and to recover and in time in, in the space of only a few short years I, I proved that you could recover from concussions using just natural means and different means, energetic means, bone technique therapy, all kinds of stuff. You could use a combination of things. But there was this resistance like you had where people were like, no, 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 you know, we need we need to keep taking medications. And and all the experts in the world, like Michael Leddy, Michael McCrea, uh, sorry, John Leddy, uh, were saying that you should only use medications for a very short period of time, a, t a small period of time. If you use them in the long term, they will worsen the condition, and then you'll be stuck in a like a loop or a cycle. So, having got to even last year, I had two concussions last year on the same day, and I, I'm quite tall. And I'm just over six foot two, and um, I smacked my, the top of my head on a wooden beam because the houses, the old houses in England, are quite small, and I really I saw stars, Ralph. I saw for the first time. I truly saw stars, and I was. But I knew what to do straight away. So I hit the Arnica, I hit the Novosol curcumin, uh, Omega-3, 6, 9, all different things, and introduced other things in. Within a week, all symptoms gone. So I mean, That's incredible. Yeah. But I'm going to send, I'm so gonna send the you uh, are there. my manual, so you can, uh, because you, you're, you're a runner. Um, yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, if you slip on the ice, uh, someone bumps into you. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I actually um, uh, had a seminar at a, a geriatric um, uh, 
everyone knows the the acronym for the geriatric uh, um, organization that I'm talking about in America. Okay, uh, I won't mention them. <laughs> no, that's all right. <laughs> but um, you know, I I started working with people who were over from 75 to 90, and uh-huh. and they got so physically strong it was scary. I mean, I'm like, my God, you're 90 years old, and your neck is stronger than some of the the football players that I've worked with. All right, cool. <laughs> you know, and so uh, so the neck responds very quickly. And, and the beauty of it is, you know, if you're a guy, you go. Now, now, women, I've never had a female exhibit any growth in her neck, which was a blessing because I was my first female study. I, you know, I, I'm not much for prayer, but I was praying every night. Please don't let me get someone who has some sort of abnormality with their testosterone. <laughs> no, blow up like a balloon, and I'm done. But yeah. we never had any. We had, we had oh the ballerina put one thirty second of an inch on her neck, yeah. and I thought she was going to faint until I showed her what one thirty second of an inch was, and she goes, "Oh, that's nothing." I go, "Exactly." No, now, if you're a male and you're like, you know, my neck's gotten really big, I don't like it. Mm. We'll just reduce your training. Or yeah. if you don't want if you don't want to be have that protection, stop doing it, and your neck will will go right back to where it was. Um, yeah, no, no, I'd, I'd, I'd appreciate that. Yeah, that that sounds good. I, I think my neck is I think is fairly strong, but um, I could always yeah do with some strengthening exercises. Well, you know what I do? Um, I was at um, I was on the West Coast. Uh, <clears throat> it's been two years. Yeah, and it's a very very prominent athletic um, university. Okay. I mean, they're no more for their athletics than they are for their academics. Mm. And I had the offensive and defensive linemen, the really big guys, All right, yeah. uh, get on a flat bench and just slide their head over the side. And, in a, and I said, just hold it there in a neutral position. Mm. Gravity is the only thing that you're fighting. Don't, don't move your head. Right. Just keep it still, and we're going to do it for two minutes. Okay. And those heads start dropping at about 36 seconds. Uh, I had one guy, uh, and, you know, he was a freak of nature. You know, he probably could have <laughs> right, stood on his head. But, uh, but he had it with, you know, he had it without any training. He just was naturally there. Mm. had that ability. But... You had all these strong, super guys with these wide, wide shoulders, and their necks were small. And we were under the impression that, mm. um, well, we train our trapezius. Yeah. What else do you do? And this is coming from the the, uh, the strength uh, coach uh, staff. And I said, I so I got the strength coach staff, and I lined them up, and they all grabbed a, a barbell. And I said, now I want you guys to shrug all the way to your ears. Give me your best shrug. And I was to the far left of them. And I said, now, turn to the left and look right at me. And they all did. And I said, how could you be training your neck if you just moved it while I was under load? <laughs> and they're like, so there's mm. nothing to train my neck. But no. <laughs> it trains the trapezius. Yeah, and I think it's important. But you're, you're, you're missing a lot of components that can make the, uh, uh, it, it, the head so strong. If, 
Yeah, I understand. Yeah, it's it's like saying, well, yeah. Imagine how much better are you going to be if you add all this in as well, and then you you've, you're going to have a far lower chance of any concussion. But you're just going to be generally stronger and more spatially aware. Well, you know, it was, um, and, and uh, I, I get um, I get players seek. You know, I don't seek them out. They come and they find me wherever I go. Right. Okay. Especially if they've concussed and they're and you know mm. and they're they're thinking about you know this this is going to be my livelihood. But if I don't, if I'm injured or if I can't even remember where I'm going, it's, yeah. it's not going to do me much good. Oh no. So I, I had this one uh, receiver uh, from a. ACC school, Atlantic Coast College School, yeah, a very big program, and he was a receiver, and he brought his girlfriend to um, to my training facility in Blacksburg, mm-hmm. and I measured his neck, and I measured her neck, and her neck was a quarter of an inch bigger. Wow! Now she was very skinny; he was over two hundred pounds, and I said, "What do you guys do for your neck?" And he goes, "Well, nothing." And I said, okay, we're going to train uh, preseason, during the season, and postseason. So we did that for one season. Yeah. And then the thing that sticks out, I wish I I filmed this, somehow videoed this, mm. but he they moved his position from a wide receiver to slot because his neck had grown uh, 11 and a half inches. Wow, he, you know he was he was a genetic freak. It's not going to happen to everyone. <laughs> no. But uh, but my worst ever, uh, as far as male, is a two and a half increase, and that was um, he was on the other genetics end of the spectrum. Wow. But two and two and a half is not bad for a guy who has very poor athletic yeah, genetics. Yeah, so for, for... so I have this guy who has an enormous neck. They move him in yeah, from a, a wide to a, a slot receiver, which is closer to the line of scrimmage. So you're a bigger guy. Yeah. Even though he wasn't any heavier, he just looked different. Totally different, yeah. And, uh, and this was the spring game, you know, just before the season. Mm. And uh, we had a quarterback back then that he would wind up and throw the ball like he's, he was a baseball player, quarterbacking, and he would he would pretty much telegraph where the pass is going. Mm. So people would start to converge before the ball even left the man's hand. <laughs> so, so my guy is ready to catch the ball. He knows he's going to get hit. Mm. He looks at me, and he points at me, and then he catches the ball. He gets hit from one side, gets hit from the other side. Mm. The two, the two other, he's still standing. The two, the two other individuals fall like two tall <laughs> elm trees. They're both concussed. Oh, he's fine. He does a little thing where he spins the ball, you know. Yeah. And, uh, he goes, "See, that's what the doctor does for you." And I'm like, oh, "Don't point my way." I, yeah. I don't yeah want no, don't. I, I don't. So he said, what, "So what are you doing?" And he said, uh, <clears throat> "I eat uh, four bananas and I drink a gallon of chocolate milk every day." Right. And they said, "Well, okay then." A week later, they had a half a dozen chocolate uh, milk machines within the weight facility, the training facility, right. and a stack of bananas that's about seven foot high. <laughs> and, and they would make sure, hey, get your bananas, get your milk. And, you know, and it was our joke uh, 
you know. Uh, yeah, and they did it. You had to say that because if you said, well, you know, I'm working with Dr. Rob, yeah. you know. Uh, it's magic, you know. You know, they would probably pull a scholarship. Oh, my word. <laughs> but yes. but you know, it's never not worked, you know. And, yeah. uh, uh-huh. and you know, we talk about the, the poor school in, in West Virginia. They dropped their concussion rate by, by uh, 75%. Um, and they're not even doing it to the utmost. They're doing it no. pretty well. Uh-huh. Um, well, do you think uh, like chocolate milkshake and, and bananas could be a, become a placebo for them then, or, or what? Well, well, you know that's the, you know <laughs> it's funny you say that because you know when they when they come out with these new per, like like they had the super yeah I know it's non non concussion helmet come out last year. Oh. And concussions went up. Mm. Uh, the NFL says they didn't, but the NFL just stopped counting yeah. concussions in the preseason, okay. which naturally made the concussions yeah. go down. Um, but it made the people more cavalier. Right. Oh, I got, oh, I can't concuss in this helmet? Well, now I'm really going to uh, use it as a weapon. I'm really going to... It's a, it's a torpedo. Yeah, but did they remember to eat the bananas and drink the chocolate? No, nope, they didn't do that. And oh, that's, there you go that's, then. That's, that's the key, right? That's there. why it didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, go on. We may be able to get a contract with uh, some banana, tequila banana, or. Uh, you don't see uh, concussed monkeys. Company and, and just, um, you don't see uh, concussed monkeys out there, do you, in the jungle? No. You know something? I've never seen a concussed never, monkey. Not once. There you not go. once. Must not be once. true. <laughs> hey, there's all the terrible evidence you need. Holy moly! Oh dear me! All right, okay. So, um, so, so yeah, the, the main insight core of, of your research and your work, Ralph, has been in sports and with athletes and things. Um, do you, do you treat people privately um, to, well, to help I did people? Well, I study um, just before I left Virginia Tech hmm. on migraine headaches. And um, and basically, I just I did it because I had so many people um, on campus that had migraines, and they were all females. Yeah. Uh, and I think it's it's a female thing. Main, and I think mainly, I know yeah. why. Mainly, yeah. Um, it's mainly. I mean, there are there are some males that get it, but but you really, for some reason, maybe males are too prideful to tell you they have the migraines. I don't know. Possibly, but, yeah. yeah. But the, the females came to me, and I had a group of 20, and they were taking, like, some crap. They were taking Imatrax, you know, you uh, jam it everything. in your nose. Oh, my gosh. You, you, know, you name it. Oh, the way you look when give you me, take me, the medicine would yeah. scare me. Yeah. Your eyes <laughs> You'd be awesome. It's just. So. Zombie fight. They, they, just, they, uh, they started training, and I said, uh, I'd like you to, at week four, if you haven't had a concussion, I mean, if you hadn't had a headache, to wean yourself off of your medicine. Right. And I said, do that with your doctor's approval. Mm. Now, they couldn't get approval from any doctor, so they did it anyway. <laughs> and I noted that in my study. I said, yeah, this sounds about right. Totally voluntary. Yeah, sounds right. But they all got off of the medicine. Within By the eighth week, no one had uh, suffered any type of headache, migraine, uh, and it was just a, like a slow. So I, I once I, I looked at all the data, yeah. I looked how strong they had become in the in the head because yeah. we, we have muscles that will uh, allow your head to tilt forward 
10 degrees. And, and yeah. the physical therapy people call it a yes movement, but it's really not a yes movement. It's sort of like an acknowledgement. Like you, you see someone going down the hall, but you really don't really like them. Mm. But, you, but you want to be nice and just sort of give them like a, yeah. you know, like a half-ass nod. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, that's, that's I, I coined the phrase nod. <laughs> yeah. So 10 degrees nod. Half acknowledged. You have 25 um, of a tilt where you can tilt your head yeah. on the the condyle of the uh, the skull. So it sort of rocks back and forth. Yeah. And, there, and there's muscles that allow this movement to happen. It only happens at C1 and C2. Mm. But no one had, had thought to strengthen these muscles because they thought it was no, there's no way you could do it. But I, I found a way, and I, I oh, okay. the machine. But you can do it uh, just like the chiropractors with your hands. Mm-hmm. It just you just have to have that skill set, so you don't it's hurt anyone. What to do, yeah. So what I did with the women, I, half we did uh, just manually with the hands, and half we did with the machines. By tenth uh, week, zero migraines, mm. uh, and then of course they thought it's impressive. Uh, so, right, yeah. Mm. So I had two people that stayed with me because they were just so frightful of, of having this come back yeah. that until the day I left uh, Virginia Tech, they were, uh, you know, they were still They're coming still, to me uh, yeah. on a weekly basis. But right. the, but the, the eighteen that left, their their, uh, their headaches all returned mm. slowly over about a sixteen week uh, period, and, right. and did- I surmised that. Mm. The the stronger muscles allowed the head to be moved or held in a neutral position when they're uh, typing. You know they're on the, uh, the computer a lot. Yeah. Because um, you know for every inch you you, you lean your head, it's ten pounds. So. Oh yeah, yeah. So so. It's a yeah. lot, a lot of weight. Yeah. So if you just do the yeah. nine, which is ten degrees, well, you have a twenty pound bowling <laughs> ball that you've got to hold on to. Yeah. And uh, so it's it's a lot of weight, but if it takes less energy to to do that act, to to lean down or to or to, to look up at twenty five degrees, because mm. you know if you look yeah, at if you just look at the way they move, uh, they move their head a lot more than they move their neck. So yeah. if, if you strengthen that little, and, and everyone would say, oh, that's that's. You're talking about 35 degrees. I'm like, yes, but look at the tiny muscles and look at how smart they are and how fast they contract and how quickly they get strong. And, of course, you know, here's where we get into the arguments but uh, mm-hmm. or the discussions. But uh, I would just watch them. And by watching them, I would say, you know, they just kind of do that motion all the time. And if they're stronger, then it takes less energy. They are not fatigued. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think once you're, you're fatigued, you know, it's, you know, you're a runner. You know, once you hit a certain amount of miles, you know, you, your your gait kind of goes uh, a little bit uh, yeah, astray. You, you know, you, uh, you posture. You know, you start leaning forward. You know, you get to a point where you know, I I just can't run anymore. Uh, so you get, you, 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 your energy goes down. Yeah. So why would you treat the head and neck any different than you treat your hamstrings, your biceps? Um, uh, they're all muscles. Mm, yeah, it's, 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 no, it's, it's, it makes p- perfect sense. Um, so th- those those ladies, young ladies that didn't 
stay with you the 18 or so did they go back to taking medications again and kind of back they did. path rate so yeah they, went, they jumped, jumped the back in the swamp and swam swam away yeah <laughs> their, their doctors were just so uh like i told you so um well of course because it's like yeah come back to us we have the medicine and, exactly you know I, we have we have your money as well exactly no i i taught um the husbands of two of the, the the two that remain, yeah. How to how to do this? Right. And and there's still um, one has an occasional migraine hmm. every once in a while. Okay. And it's it's not very uh, acute. It's just you know, it doesn't keep her from doing what she wants to do. Right. Yeah. I think so. I think you know, a lot of people, particularly in, in our groups, they would be very interested to, to learn about that type of thing and just to, just to see how yeah, how there could be an alternative to medications. Um, because it just, uh, what I see, the discussions I see, it's just like a list A to Z of medications and things. And it's like, it goes round and round and round, all kinds of stuff, injections and stuff. And it's like, well, um, I, I really, really feel for, for the women that, go through that it's 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 horrendous and well you know i had one uh one uh research subject she was getting botox injected directly oh, into yeah. the, the same muscles that we were trying to strengthen yeah, botox, yeah. and i said you know that's you know that's 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 a it's probably the most uh uh, poisonous thing you can put in your body. It is. I, I it know, is. I know, but all the time, Ralph, Ralph, and not just our group, other groups. It's it's like I've had Botox. Botox is just like the, the for the last two or three years or so. It's just been like the thing that that, that it's like Botox, Botox, and I'm like, oh right, okay. Let's let's, let's poison. Let's, let's uh, uh, basically uh, kill the muscle. You know, it just yeah, yeah. Um, but. Uh, and I've noticed, uh, you guys don't get the drug commercials that we do on, on the TV. Oh, no, no, we just get them given anyway, if, if, if you can swallow that. No, I don't. It, it, unless unless you question it and you look for something else. But um, yes. it's, it's very much more black and white here than it is there. And we are, in, in terms of progression that way, we are many, 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 many years behind you. Um, and luckily, some people have woken up to, and that has been my mission down the years, is to... to to show people with reason, with information, with facts and first-hand accounts and things. Although I'm not a scientist, I'm not a doctor, I'm not a physician or anything like that. You can show people, you know, uh, proof, uh, proof and burden that something works doesn't have to be from a man in a white coat who's got a, a, a hotline to uh, a scientific journal. It can be through demonstrating that something works and to be okay. living proof of a protocol to something that helps you to recover from a concussion and I've said myself I recovered from it and, and d done it myself and I've got no education at all I left school at 15 I don't have any education but I, I found a way to do it well you may be wiser than us all it, well right? it was like do or die it was like if I've got to do it or I'm just going to be like I'm going to end up in a really bad way or I'm going to end up kind of like you know kind of destroying myself if I don't so it was just like well I'll keep trying things I'll keep looking at things I like Columbo. I'm like the Columbo of post-concussion syndrome. Really. It's just kind of yeah. like, you know, I know, I know who did it in the first act, but then it's just like working out how to go about it. <laughs> you, you know, I, I need to work that into my my uh, my speaking engagements. Like, you know, hey, you know, just one more I, thing. I, I, knew, I knew you guys want to leave. I know you want to leave, but just one more question. One thing. 
Yeah, that's and, it. Uh, you need a cigar well, as well when you're on stage. <laughs> Don't forget the raincoat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I could come out and gosh, maybe get more uh, more um, uh, of a point across uh, already. But uh, uh, they, I do ask the question. I go, you know, who should not train their neck? And I, and I go, mm. who goes to the gym? You know, everybody puts their. Neck down. Right. Who uh, who trains their body? You know, you know, majority they do something. Um, yeah. What do you do for your neck? What do you do from the shoulder up? Mm. And there's not a hand. It's just Nothing. crickets, you know? And, <laughs> and you're like, well, then why do you wonder why these things happen? I mean, mm. and then you have people who are playing professional sports or college sports or high school sports at a very high level uh, in any, you know, hitting a, um, a soccer ball uh, with yeah. an untrained neck. Uh, I mean, they've, they've shown yeah. that if you train it, uh, you do reduce the amount of force that the brain absorbs. So why wouldn't you just do it? But it just seems like it just can't. They just can't bring themselves to go, maybe it's, we were wrong. Well, yeah, of course, it goes against all the programming. If you've had a certain kind of software program in your brain your whole life, and it's not included in an important area like training your neck or your, you know, your cervical muscles, it's not within your program and then when somebody brings this along like we said you get this kind of like cognitive dissonance it's like no 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 that's ridiculous <laughs> and you're the one like i'm i'm the one bring i've been the one for years bringing it to people that you know you're not going to get any better ever by just taking drugs all day all week every month for month months and years and end um you know you're not going to get any better and i've never met anybody in any of the groups, and there's like six, seven thousand people or whatever there are, and all the other groups, Ralph, I've never met a single one that has recovered from post-concussion syndrome using allopathic drugs. Not one, ever. But I know a whole bunch of people, a whole load of people, that are getting better and recovering and, and, and just having fulfilling lives because they've gone down holistic, therapeutic, naturopathic, uh, sports, uh, injury, kind of helping prevention, all kinds of different methods and they're the ones that are making the progress and all of a sudden at a certain point about three or four years ago probably just after also con kind of coincided roughly with when um, kind of cannabis and cannabis oil were becoming legal over there then mm -hmm. all of a sudden we saw a boost in in and people turning they were so sick of drugs and doctors drugs they were just turning towards natural and holistic and uh, therapeutic means so I think what you're doing has got to be a massive part of that, particularly in the, in the sports world. But I think it, it's got to have some point. There's got to be some point where it has a, a greater impact for, for normal people. Uh, to you know, Especially maybe somebody who's just had one or two mild concussions to prevent in future having any further ones. Well, you know, if, if you drive oh. um, mm. and, and you get, say, you get sideswiped and... Yeah. Uh, you get the whiplash effect. Of course, yeah. You can't prevent that always. No, but but you know if if you can, you know if, if you're, it's just like if you're a trained runner and you go out and you you sort of have this this motor pattern that you know how to run and and, and you're efficient, you're economical. Yeah. Uh, the same thing would happen if you were struck. Mm. You know, your neck 
we wouldn't be so compliant and just fly back and snap forward. You could have yeah. some reduction of forces, and some is better than nothing. Yeah, I suppose so. It's just like the ACL thing, you know. Yeah, you're going to, you're going to tear your ACL, but maybe you won't tear all the the MCL, or uh, it won't be as bad. Um, my thing is, you know, strong is never uh, bad. I mean, uh, no. I, I had uh, a guy uh, at a conference tell me that uh, they would become so strong they would break their own necks. And, and I said, well, do you have any uh, proof of this? No, no, it's just something that I know. Right, okay. And I said, okay, well, I, I, I've lost you completely, so um, I'll move on. <laughs> yeah. No, but there, are, there are some people uh, can't, that, that, can't do, that. That, that do follow, um, and they, they really... Um, I got a really nice uh, letter from a from a uh, college uh, in New York. Mm-hmm. He said that you know they they follow the protocol to the letter. They they rarely have a concussion. Uh, he sent me some you know, some shirts from the university and stuff. It was very oh, nice. nice, lovely, yeah. And it was very fulfilling because you kind of go, well, you know something. Maybe I'm not traveling the roads talking to myself. You know, because this yeah. guy, he said, oh, I heard your seminar, and yeah. uh, it just really made sense. Yeah, and I think as well, and I know she might, you might agree with this, but the longer you go on, um, the, the more kind of um, reception you get from people. You know, you might start off every now and then. It's like traveling down the road, and every now and then, you know, maybe once a day you'll see somebody, and then... Later on, you'll see maybe a couple of people a day, and then all of a sudden, you'll see a few more. So I think it's just a case of keeping your compass in the right place and knowing you're going the right direction. Because of those few that have come to you to to kind of, you know, kind of give you confirmation. Um, well, I think um, I wrote on uh, Twitter or something. I said, you know, you you reinvigorated me. So when I go back into the lab tomorrow. I go back with a, a stronger sense of purpose. Yeah. You know, because sometimes you go in and you're like, well, you know, how else do you prove this? But when you have an entire school district that questions just dropped almost nothing, and that's thousands of, of, uh, of uh, school-aged children, and people yeah. still go, yeah, but that could be a coincidence. Mm. You know, it's sometimes it's really... Um, you have to uh, really steal your spine and just keep uh, moving forward, whether you feel like you're walking in mud or not. Uh, just yeah, keep, very keep true. Very true. And, and I, like yourself, I never, never monetized anything. Never made a single penny out of anything. And I think that that is really important in order to to do what you you've got to do. Yeah, sure. You you've got to pay your bills and eat and everything else. But um, it's it's important for me that. Because I think people are going through enough, particularly normal people who might have had a job and had to leave it. They might have lost the partner or the fam. All kinds of stuff can happen to normal people when they get concussions and TBI. And to then go from that to then every time they come into a group or something, they've got people trying to sell them something or you know yeah. supplements, CBD oil, lawyers and all this kind of stuff. So we don't allow any of that. You know, There's one or two, a few people who we know have genuine interests at heart, and we, we let them post 
go sparingly. But yeah, it just seems like pff, there's so many vultures out there. Absolutely. I mean, I mean, there's the, the concussion collar, the concussion anti-concussion helmet, uh, the I, concussion. I, I can't imagine. Shirt. I tried the concussion shirt on, and it it, it nearly choked me, Jeez. and I couldn't turn my head, so I couldn't see anybody coming. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, you know, but people are buying them because that's much. You know, I I always I ask parents. I go, don't you fear for your child's life or or his intellect or uh, no, no, no. We bought him a three thousand dollar helmet, and I always snap it up myself. Jeez, oh my! I, I can't, I can't believe as well. I mean, I've come from humble backgrounds, but people can just pay that much, and it's like, well, they just don't even. It's just like, well, if I pay that, you know, then it, it absolves my child from any kind of risk yeah, of concussion. Absolutely, they, they it's, it's been told to them. By the manufacturers, yeah. Um, but there's there's new stickers coming. I, I'll I'll send you. Uh, I have the someone sent me a picture that's going to go on the new helmets mm. this coming year if if we ever go back to sports, and it is so telling. Uh, it hasn't been uh, a person who works at this company that sent me this, right? Uh, and it's the first uh, uh, line is uh, this helmet will not uh, in any way uh, protect you from death. That's the first, that's the first line. So, and, uh, and it just gets worse from there. Oh, uh, is this like a, a subdivision company of Big Pharma then or something? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it must be. It must be the same people that hold like shares in all, both companies, both types of companies. Or it's the same lawyer, you know, the same... Oh, the same lawyer's protecting them, yeah. (laughs) God bless the USA. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we haven't got it to that extent over here. Um, Like, football, what we call soccer, we call football injuries, and uh, rugby injuries, well, rugby players here are generally, like, you know, kind of... um, Yeah, you know that a lot of them have had concussions and issues, and it just shows when when you... kind of engage with them and see them that some are real athletes and some are just like huge hulks of men um, but you can tell that you know even from the way that they look the, the cauliflower ears and the way that they, they yeah. really look beaten to death that they must have had concussions but oh, you, gosh, ne- you yeah. never ever you never ever hear about concussion treatment for them here in soccer or football well yeah we luckily during I think the last World Cup three or four years ago, whenever it was, uh, we had the issue that came up and introduced into the game. Only then, after 140 years or whatever, that if two players crack smash heads or a player goes down with it, uh, perceived concussion, the game must be stopped, and they must call a doctor on. Oh my God! That only happened like literally two or three years ago, Ralph. So it's, uh, and I, I witnessed one particularly uh, where I live in Bradford. I live very near to my local team I've supported all my life, Bradford City. And there was a play, I think it was the first game of the season, I think about three years, years ago, around the same time, just after the World Cup. And there was a young left-back player, Adam Chickson. And he went in uh, to get a ball. Another player collided with him. And he was just out cold for about six minutes. Uh-huh. Um, two, two of the opposing players ran straight over to him to kind of like check his airwaves and stuff. But 
you don't really see that type of thing much in football. You do a little bit, but it seems that they're definitely not worrying about the, the neck or, or cervical muscles or anything. It's just like, if it happens, we'll deal with it later through private clinics. So in, in some ways, yeah, it seems parallel to the NFL. Yes, I mean, I, I think um, it's an ugly secret that they wish would just go away. Yeah, um, they, they do have like a concussion protocol, and I can never get anyone to tell me what it is. <laughs> right, no, it's a secret. You know, you know uh, Jim has been put in concussion protocol. And I go, okay, yeah. so, so what happens? And, well, it's very complicated. Uh, uh, you know. yeah. Blah, blah, and, blah. And I sort of know what it is. Uh, I'll share that with you off air, but uh, right. it's, not, uh, it's not much. Yeah. But, but no, I want to share one thing I'm working I'm it's... writing a paper called The Industrial Athlete. Okay. And uh, a friend of mine, an engineer at uh, Virginia Tech, mm. he, he collaborated with me because um, he works with a lot of uh, people who do very, you know, manual labor, very strenuous things. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, and why shouldn't those people be prepared for, yeah, yeah. you know, um, their low backs should be strong, their necks should be strong. Mm -hmm. So I'm working on this paper. It's called The Industrial Athlete, and I'm hoping the companies will, will read it and go, you know, our insurance premiums will probably go down. Yeah, of course. If we adopted some of this, because it's got to be about money. Uh -huh. Oh, it's yeah, not, always, always. It's not going to be about we can make our workers safer, but, no, man, our no. insurance premiums can really go down. Yeah. yeah. I'm hoping that maybe that will... That will catch someone's attention. Yeah, well, you, you have to approach them on the on their level sometimes, and you have to go kind of softly, softly. Otherwise, yeah, you're just going to piss them off like you did the uh, the uh, <laughs> other coaches and college coaches. So, you know, it's like, well, there's a point where you have to soften a bit, but then once you get in there, you can do the good work, I suppose. Yeah, it's, uh, it's an easier sell now. But, it, but it's very, very hard. So that tells you it right. was almost impossible okay. in, like, 2008. It was like, you know, what are you talking about, man? What you, uh, yeah, well, you're, I, like, you're talking, you know, in Esperanto or gibberish. <laughs> you know, and I, I went, ah, uh, me. <laughs> you know, um, an athletic director hired me to go to, uh, it's a very prominent uh, soccer um, university soccer program, yeah. and uh, the uh, uh, the coach is actually from the UK, oh, okay. and uh, so um, I said, you know, your athletic director wants me to work with you. And he goes, yeah, yeah, we're not, you're not working with us. And right. I said, but you had like you had twelve concussions last year. I'm not, and I said, not you personally. But, but your players and uh, and I said it was all from heading the ball, right. and he goes, "Well, we're going to start using heavier balls in practice." <laughs> what? <laughs> and then the neck will get used to hitting heavier balls, and you know once we get to a point where they're wow. so heavy that um, it gets ridiculous where we can't kick them or throw them, yeah. then we know we'll be ready. 
I lasted about a week there, uh, you know. So that's sort of what uh, the day of my life is in some places, you know. Well, to an extent, Ralph, that is English logic, but I'd like to point out for everybody listening at this point that I'm only half English. (laughs) I'm half Austrian, half English, and the Austrian half kind of takes over. So it's just because Austrians are way crazier. And oh, yeah. So, yeah, so yeah, that is kind of English lo- logic is kind of like keep a stiff upper lip and just try and make yourself stronger by, you know, kind yeah. of hurting yourself more. You know, just torture yeah. yourself more and you'll be okay. Stop complaining. Get on with it. <laughs> so, yeah. um, so that would, uh, there's a lot of promise, I thought, in, in because um, yeah. that athletic director, you know, he was very, very, he had bought in. Yeah. He said, you know, this guy's so successful, you know, I don't want to, you know, in any way anger him. You know, he's got a new right. contract coming up next year. I want him to stay at the university. Okay. He's won so much. Yeah. Um, maybe we'll, we'll address this hmm. in the future. And that's that's been uh, eight years ago. Oh, right, okay. So, yeah, uh, yeah. Not now. did you make uh, his Christmas card list or not? I, I don't think. I think he, uh, he asked me off, you off. Right, right oh. at the beginning. How rude. <laughs> <sighs> I think um, we we have a, like the football kind of business here is amazingly massive money. It is the supposedly like the biggest um, national kind of league in the world and it is the money that flows through the top clubs is absolutely phenomenal I mean they spend so much money on players every year my team's in the like the fourth division um, the, the, of the four, four divisions and you know they're on like a budget of about two to three million pounds a year for play, players yeah. wages at the top end you're talking about many, many, many tens of multiples that at least even hundreds. And I can understand why as well that at that level, they don't want to rock the boat. No. They, they no. don't want somebody coming in there and saying, you know, you know, um, to change that. There are, we do have sports scientists and people like that. And there is a fair amount of technology and research involved, but it's, it's very sporadic. And I think the teams that are successful obviously have access to the, the better people that are out there, but I, I don't specifically know who those professionals are, the the uh, medical professionals or sports scientists. Well, you know... So um, I would imagine a lot of them are from America or Europe. Possibly, but uh, yeah. the, the, they may have the same stigma that they have uh, in the NFL, you know. Oh, you It'll be much worse. You know, if you have the special training, if you, oh, you need the special training. <laughs> special training. The special training. So you're going to concuss if we if we yeah. don't train you specially. Uh-huh. Everybody else is not getting this training, but you, but you need it. Wow. Uh, you know, I don't know. Uh, your contract's coming up next year. I don't know. But the, you know, the, the agents, yeah. I've never had an agent. No. I've had several players that played in the NFL that right. I trained, but the agents would... Okay. They just didn't. They didn't want you there. What about baseball as well? Can you tell us something about your, your time you spent helping uh, uh, baseball players and well, teams? Um, at uh, at West Point, um, the guys were, were very receptive. It's a, it's a military uh, 
um, academy, so they really can't say no. So um, they saw the uh, importance of training the neck. So we really had no problem. Actually, all the athletes at, uh, that I worked with at West Point, just they're just so super smart. If you can explain it to them, they'll go, oh, of course. Well, why wouldn't we want to do that? Right, yeah. But uh, you don't have that everywhere. But, yeah. um, okay. So, but baseball, um, I've worked with um, players individually. Right. Um, and they, and I've actually worked with, uh, I, I think the MMA community is, is starting to come around too because uh-huh. I, I've worked with a couple of uh, their fighters and, and uh, when, oh, okay. And when they say, you know, I got hit square on the jaw and my head didn't turn. Jeez. And I should have been knocked out. Ouch. But I wasn't. Mm. Is that because of that, that that crazy stuff we did? And I go, well, probably. Probably. <laughs> wow. So, uh, I mean, there's, you know, if, if, if my job is to go in and, and, and have to fight another individual and they're going to strike me uh, at the shoulders and the head repeatedly, yeah. I wouldn't want to do something about it. That's how I kind of address the guys. I go, you know, most yeah, of them, I don't need that. I, I'm doing this. And, and I'm like, well, you know, you're going to get hit in the face a lot. Yeah, for sure. You know, yeah. Do you want something that kind of helps you a little bit? Yeah, might be an advantage. But uh, you know, I've had a couple pretty successful guys that uh, um, they're, they train in Florida. Um, yeah. And, uh, I actually trained their trainer. Okay. And, uh, but God forbid that they ever let it out that uh, they oh, yeah. think differently than uh, yeah. than the other Mm-mm. guy because it's almost like it's a it's a pride thing. Yeah. I I don't I don't do that. Who told you I did that? I don't, do that. <laughs> I don't get knocked out because no. I got an iron jaw. That's why. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Over the bus. Oh yeah, I'm hard as nails I am. Uh, well, that's, that's, that's the attitude you're going to get. I only recently just started uh, getting into UFC. I think those guys are like, Phew. oh my god, oh, yeah. my word! It's like, you know, they they have strength, but yeah, it's that's just crazy. Um, I think they they really have a great level of fitness, generally athleticism. Uh, both the men and women, but it's like, well, it's that endurance as well with it, but I'm not sure how many of them have thought about, you know, kind of training the, the neck or spine, but I'm sure like with jiu-jitsu and things, or maybe uh, different disciplines that they do, maybe some of that cup does come into that. I'm, I'm not too up on that, so I, I, I wouldn't really know. Well, you know, I, um, uh, at this Florida facility, um, I would. Uh, I was doing this. It was just a, an in- informal study, and they were they were sparring. Yeah. But their sparring is my God. Uh, it's it's brutal. I bet. And uh, as uh, the you know as we go into round after round after round. Yeah. Um, I would observe um, that their neck movement. Mm. Uh, was reduced because you know if you they, they want you to move your head constantly because you know uh, a moving object is harder to hit and yeah of course you want know, to keep your head tucked and of course that requires you to contract the muscles mm-hmm. um, 
But I would, you know, ask them in between rounds, you know, does your is your neck does your neck fatigue as you go? Like, yes. Mm. I started thinking, well, if it's a fatigue neck, it's going to be much easier to to injure or or, or get knocked out because that twisting effect of the yeah, of the jaw. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I, and I never published it because uh, it was more anecdotal, but um, but to a man, it would say, oh yeah, oh my god, my head feels like it's you know I'm, I've got a huge helmet on my head. Yeah, the end of a, a five-round match because oh, everything's with you. Wow, yeah. So, so it's I, I can't even imagine. I, I don't think I've ever been in it. I've never been in a fight like that. But I've not been in that many fights. Only, <laughs> only to break them up. Uh, you know, I'm always. A, but yeah, it's, it seems like to to train yourself, your mind and your body to that level. It, it takes a, a different breed of person. Not for everybody. Um, no, it's not. And. Uh, the, the ones that I have trained, um, man, I tell you, when they take that big punch and they're still on their feet, yeah, you, you have you have a, a convert for life. You you yeah. have, I get emails all the time from uh, these right. individuals, and they're like, you know, I I, I can't believe, um, you know, this guy would uh, his neck has gotten so strong, so agile, he can do the, the speed bag with his head. Mm. And, uh, you know, and there was a, that was an old, old thing back in, geez, the 50s and 60s. Mm. And that sort of died out. And, but it's it's come back. But most of the time, their their necks would fatigue so quickly you couldn't do it. But these guys, their neck are stronger and faster. So, you know, they could actually do a speed bag better than I could do with my hands with their head. It was was amazing to watch. Uh, And they're like, you know, I feel, more confident in the later rounds. I'm not dropping my head, so I'm mm-hmm. not getting choked, or I'm not getting knocked out. Um, but you know, it, it's got to be. I just got to keep talking about it until more people uh, buy into it, try it. I, I love the people who discount it, but I go, "Well, have you ever tried? No. Have you ever played a sport where you're yeah. getting hit? With yeah, no." no. Mm. Or a team doctor, you know, the team doctor will go, you know, this does no good. I go, well, so when you were playing this sport, oh, I never, I, I, I didn't, uh, I've never played a sport. What are you talking about? I'm a, I'm a, I'm a orthopedic surgeon. How about ball? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, he never played Only the, uh, the money game. Uh, exactly. yeah, I tell you what, if I ever get to Boston, I'll be coming to see you to to get some help with my neck and because uh, I could. <laughs> well, things I send you, it's, it's so. Uh, the reason I think people don't uh, really like, put a lot of, uh, I don't know, a lot of confidence. It, it's it's just common sense. Um, it's come from a lot of research because when I started. I found very little yeah. uh, literature on the neck muscles uh, at all. I had to go to, to surgical manuals, you know, how to right. yeah. how, how to cut a certain muscle to access an area of the of the skull. Okay. And so really, <clears throat> through a, it, was, it was it was so sparse. So there's nothing there. Mm. There was nothing there. So uh, you know, I started doing things with with cadavers and. Uh, Looking at the way the muscles moved, mm-hmm. uh, and so then we went with uh, the Project Neck One, and 
everyone got so super strong it just blew, it blew me away mm. um, my, my dissertation uh, committee he said you know if they get a pound stronger in any movement and you put let's say an eighth of an inch on anybody's neck male mm. wise we'll call it a grand slam uh. so my best a uh, guy put five, a little over five inches on his neck, and uh, I had to actually produce him. <laughs> they, <laughs> to, to prove they, it. That was his brother. And that, no, that's not him. That's his older brother. Oh, yeah. so, so I, I had to actually my last day of defense. Oh, I had geez. to actually produce this individual and go, tell him, tell him your name, show him your driver's license. Yeah. And they're like, so your neck really grew five inches? In, yes. <laughs> you really want a four hundred percent? Oh man! In your remainder, scavenger uh, muscle. Yes. Oh, please you know, believe me. It, please believe me. Like a different person. Well, you, well, you feel well. like it. Oh <laughs> man! Yeah, we, we need. I think what 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 I of really feel this is all coming to very soon, and I think it may be uh, it's, it's happening already in some areas of medicine and healthcare and different things. I think over these next twenty thirty years, we're coming to a new paradigm. Of medicine and health and and preventative medicine and things which are really way ahead of of this old kind of like uh, allopathic drug system that we've been stuck in i really do think that is a way forward i can't see us ever sticking with this just drug it drug the symptoms to death or, or, or yeah, just just, just just try and repair it through surgery or what i, I can't see us sticking with that for much longer and uh, I know that all the studies and things, because on our, our podcast, um, we keep a very close eye on uh, the reintroduction of the last well, few years of, of uh, what we formerly termed psychedelics or drugs, uh, yes. such as, uh, well, obviously, cannabis kind of comes into there in terms of pain uh, and for epilepsy and different things, uh, and for many reasons. Uh, but also in terms of pain clinics uh, and, and for depression with ketamine and looking also at new studies with psilocybin and MDMA for depression, uh, palliative care, end of life care for patients, for cancer patients and uh, PTSD and things. So yeah, there's, there's all different areas which are kind of gradually developing. Uh, I think like North America seems to be the hotbed for most of it. But, you know, there's a, a gentleman uh, at Harvard, um, I can't recall his name, he's, uh, he's, he's been in the, uh, he's been at Harvard for probably 30 years. Mm. He, he's discovered that if you ingest cannabis an hour prior to any contact to the brain, that it reacts differently. Do you mean, um, uh, in its plant form or in its... Uh, yeah, uh, well... Um, yeah, you know, they found that the pill form doesn't work. So if you ate, say, uh, oil or uh, uh, cookies that oh, right. were edibles, right? Okay. Yes. Yes. Uh, so they've been um, decarboxylated, they've been heated and changed. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Right. Okay. And, and you uh, ingest those an hour prior to, um, and he was saying, you know, uh, soccer, football, anything, you know, where the yeah the, the heads being jostled around. He right. said. What we see with MRIs that there's less inflammation and less damage, and um, he said in the next five years you're going to see like that will be like a pregame ritual. Yeah, 
I think it's the it's the old stigma, like uh, yeah. it, it, you had prohibition, you know, where alcohol bad, bad, yeah, bad. Of course, yeah. And of course, now that it's good, good, good. Um, I think mm. uh, in the next ten years, I, in the next ten years, I think uh, our children will go. Why mm. were we afraid of a plant? Yeah, exactly. Well, well mo most of, of the things are that these medicines, which are, are now being used very, very widely. If you look at that plantmedicine.org and places like that. And the main research centres have been used in, now. Now they've been FDA approved, most of them. Uh, they've been used very widely, and all of them are, you know, based in nature. Strongly, if they're not natural already, then they're based in nature very, very strongly. They're not like they've been taken into a laboratory and have had a few, a couple of molecules changed into a different form that's kind of bastardised from nature. They are very natural. Uh, with maybe the exception of ketamine, which is uh, a kind of altered version of um, mescaline that comes from cacti. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, there's, there's, a really, there's a really good study on that. Now, it, it was a study out of Mexico because mm. um, <clears throat> sort, of frowned, sort of frowned upon uh, in North America. Of course. Uh, <laughs> For a while. <laughs> but um, they showed that, that it's... It eased the symptoms of a tragic event. Yeah. Um, it almost allowed people to forget things that they chose to forget. Yeah, which is, it's, it's, uh, I think it's been approved in uh, the last couple of years as a, a, a nasal spray form. And, and it's uh, particularly for people that have uh, treatment resistant depression uh, that, who are suicidal. So it's the worst kind of depression, the kind that can threaten somebody's entire well-being and existence and even their life if they don't get help. And um, this stuff works within 10, 20 minutes and all of a sudden they feel no significant depressive pain. Yeah. It's like, well, you know. Like, you know, hey, how come you guys are staring at me? I feel fine. Yeah, I'm all right. You know, just leave me the spray and see you later. <laughs> so... Yeah. Uh, I, I read this, um, this uh, <clears throat> journal, and it's sort of an underground journal. If I can find it, I'll send it to you. But mm, thank you. it's the guy who started um, really um, making LSD in large uh, amounts. And uh, originally, they thought you know he was distributing this stuff to uh, the street level. We well, have yeah, got to mention LSD. Yeah, sorry. Okay, and um, many um, uh, psychologists and psychiatrists that are now retiring mm. said that they used that during their entire practice. Yeah. yeah. And they got it from this one gentleman uh, mm. who was kind of out into the, the desert, uh, mm. the highlands of California. Yeah. Um, and he was actually making it inside a volcano. They actually found where he yeah, volcano. <laughs> Where he made perfect. it, yeah, you would never find it. Perfect. Uh, but he was a genius, yeah. and uh, he lived into his nineties. So yeah. apparently, LSD doesn't kill you. 
Um, no, and it, there's really good results for dementia and Alzheimer patients, elderly patients. Absolutely. There's so many things we don't know, but we're afraid. You know? Yeah, well, well they, they were illegal. They were banned. You know, the war on drugs, Nixon's war on drugs, just like put it all to sleep, didn't it? For like 30 years, yes. 30 sort of years. And, and the thing is, you know, uh, the war on drugs has been such. Um, I know we we're, were, we were not going to go politics, but. No, no. <laughs> well, it was the a war, war on, on drugs. Is a, is a fiasco. It's a mm. failure. Um, let's divert that money somewhere else. Yeah. And. Uh, Let's research what we're afraid of. Exactly, and now now we're getting the fruits of that. But you know, it, it, it is good to see that. And you know, history is just if you if you have no knowledge of history like that, and people don't know about that, like the kids, you know, today, even if they're using stuff for recreational, they won't necessarily have any any concept of what Nixon did, or that it was racially motivated, or anything else, or motivated against poor people, and they won't know what's happened since. You know, and and you know, even I think it was Rick Strassman that, that got things back on the ball about 1990-92, when he applied to the government to do studies back into DMT, and he was kind of like credited for bringing the whole thing back. And now even that's got applications now. Uh, there's just so many things, uh, but I think it's it's all happening in North America. There are a few. New Zealand's not too bad either. They're doing quite well. Um, England, we have, I think, one study into psilocybin, but generally it's all going on in North America. And, you know, and, and we get a lot of feedback from listeners uh, to the podcast, Ralph, and people from the groups that say, well, you know, I've, I've been here, I've been there, I've done this, you know, keep, keep it under your hat for now. Um, mm -hmm. And the lives have changed, particularly well, I mean, with, PTSD, with PTSD, particularly. Yes. First-hand accounts, um, you know, whenever I do a research study, I always participate, mm. and I'm always subject X. I never identify myself yeah. because I don't want um, uh, to do anything that um, – I'm sort of like the uh, the polio doctor who injected himself first. Um, yeah. But because uh, to get um, – the neck uh, protocol approved by the, um, I actually had it approved by the, um, it's, a, it's a committee that protects, uh, you know, okay. uh, what is institutional review board. All it's right. like going through the, the Supreme Court to get the, this thing, these things done. Okay. But I had to do it at two different universities, and, right. I, and I, got, I got them through, and uh, because they would always say, well, how do you know? That that's not going to cause uh, a muscle tear in the individual, I said, because I've been doing it for over a year. Mm. And they're like, oh. And then I'd actually roll the machines, and I would get some of the older members of the committee down. And I'm like, <laughs> Get to do it. Yeah. <laughs> did, did that in any way uh, change your life or make you in pain? Or, no, actually, my neck cracked. It felt pretty damn good. <laughs> That's it. You got to demonstrate. You got to show them softly. Like I say, show them gently the way to do it, and that's. Well, you know, this was a group that a um, uh, pretty good group of people. Uh, very, I would say they're open-minded because they, they see these these experiments every day. Yeah. Uh, and some, of, and I'm sure some of them are much wilder and crazier than mine, but um, or or dangerous. But uh, anytime you you say neck, 
Mm. Everybody bristles and well, what are you gonna do? Because you know <laughs> your brain is up there, you know. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, that's why we're doing it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got you got to help that. Wow. So, but, uh, but yeah, it was um, it was a great scary experience getting through both those review boards, but yeah. it West sort wild. of uh, prepared me for the onslaught that was to come after the fact. Yeah. Right, so we've covered quite a bit there, Ralph. Where, where, where do you see things going in the future? Are, you, are there any things that you got planned or you, that you want to share with us, with us all? Well, Please? once uh, well, I had several uh, speaking engagements planned Okay. Um, prior to uh, the the pandemic, mm. uh, of course, everything right. shut down. University shut down. Yeah, of course, there's no sports, um, and you can't have, you can't come uh, within six feet of people. So it's going to be tough to no. tell anybody anything other than through like a podcast or yeah, you'd have to try and do a, a yeah on, online cast, wouldn't you? And I'm, uh, but I, I am uh, looking at uh, in the future. Uh, I had an NFL uh, executive tell me. Mm. Uh, and of course, you know, uh, we're in, uh, you know, Tom, Tom Brady, uh, the Patriots quarterback. Mm. Are, you, are you, you aware of him? You? Uh, yeah, I, I think I've heard the name. Yeah, well, yeah he's, uh, he's one like five. I follow it a bit. Yeah. I probably will get lambasted. It's probably more. Oh, five goals. <laughs> he's a quarterback. And I mean, people, you know, he, he left and went to Tampa Bay this year, and it was like someone had died. Right. And in the family because he'd left this New England area yeah. and uh, how dare he and, yeah, yeah. Him. <laughs> had it, uh, an executive say the only way that the NFL is going to just absolutely buy into your theories and your practices is if Tom Brady were to be on the football field and they grab his face mask, rupture one of his major arteries and blood is shooting 20 feet in the air, mm. and it's on national TV, and he falls dead face down. He said, put your phone on the table because it will catch on fire. <laughs> it's because yeah. people are like, oh, sadly, my God. Yeah, he could have been saved. <laughs> but we didn't do anything. We, we And I've got the NFL letter. So anybody goes, well, you know, you never contacted me. Well, no, I have an NFL letter. He says, thanks, but no thanks. Mm. So... In the future, I'm just going to keep um, pushing the message. Uh, uh -huh. uh, refining the equipment uh, that uh, allows uh, people to safely train the head and neck. Yeah. And, uh, and then uh, I, I love doing the, the hands-on um, seminars uh, because you, yeah. you left. You know, it doesn't matter. And here's where you have an, uh, an equalizer for schools that don't have an enormous budget. If you have a bench, mm. a towel, and two hands, you can train your your athletes. Yeah. Uh, so you can't go, well, we just don't have the money. Uh, now, I do have, we don't have the time, but I go, wait a minute. <laughs> I can't address that. But No, uh, no. So, yeah, so it's, just, it's a case of, yeah, carrying on what you're doing and looking for the opportunities, I guess, and... Um, yeah, I think the the mark that you'll probably leave behind you at the end of it when you eventually retire, if you do, and you can say when you look back, imagine in how however many years that's going to be, 
we could be looking at a very different world anyway, which I'm sure we will will do. Um, but in terms of sports and, and prevention as well, like I said, with this new paradigm, that, that has has to be somewhere where you'll leave a legacy to, to as many people that would listen to you, yeah. I think. I hope uh, I'm, sat, I'm not sitting on a, on a, uh, on a shelf, uh, you know, my statue yeah. next to a Tesla. Yeah. <laughs> Tesla, Tesla, you know, yeah, you're dead, and, and you were right. Sorry, we didn't figure it out until you were dead. Yeah, but, uh, well, no, I think he got sewn up like a kipper, didn't he, in the end? Yes, he did. Um, he did. You know, and he's, he's always his uh, one thing, one always. If you want to understand the universe, everything in it, think in terms of energy, frequency, and vibration. That was his ultimate soundbite to the world. And yeah. We're still ignoring it. <laughs> we are, absolutely. We are. And, uh, there was a documentary, um, and uh, this, um, this guy from MIT, he mm. took. All of uh, they found a huge trunk of Tesla uh, experiments um, uh, in, in an old apartment, yeah. And and he took uh, light bulbs and he spread them out over about a hundred yard yeah, the um, <laughs> um, you know ground, and he stuck these two probes in the ground mm. and he reproduced something that people had scoffed at Tesla his entire life. All the light bulbs lit up and almost exploded, and all they did was energize the ground because he said, "You know, yeah. the ground is the greatest uh, conductor yeah. of energy, and we don't utilize it." No, it's true. It's just there, and, and and I think obviously a lot of that has well, the majority of it has been suppressed for decades. For, for the very reason that, well, why should people have cheap, free, free power? <laughs> You know, you know, that, why, why, that, should, why should people have that when we could sell it when we can kind of bill them monthly for electricity, gas, petrol everything else um, you know, and, and that's I think that was the, that was the uh, the thing that was his undoing is he wanted to give oh yeah yeah he, he said I, I never I don't want to make money from this he did go for a period in his life where he was um, uh, a bit of a playboy. And you know he was he was constantly out every night, but he he was very OCD. He used to um, before he went into a, a club or a building, he'd have to walk around it three times, and he'd have to dress a certain way and do so. And obviously, he got to know J.P. Morgan and all the other people. So, yeah, you can imagine that. Well, yeah, although his intentions were perhaps beyond even what what we're trying to do in for humanity, he ultimately couldn't find a pathway to, to make it work you know in in, in his lifetime and it, in, it all got kind of scooped up and lost but yeah it, it'll all come back it'll all come it back yeah. but you know, there's an actual building in New York and if you ever come this way I'll take you there right uh, and it's it's lifted off of its the actual building it's a, it's a skyscraper it's been moved probably six inches right and and it was right next to Tesla's hotel room. Ah, that's where they said the Tesla machine. That's where he was, was living. He was, was, he was, you know, making it. And you know, and they said once this happened, you know, uh, you know, he was uh, immediately uh, you know, <laughs> asked to leave. <laughs> yeah, asked to leave. <laughs> Sorry, Mr. Tesla. <laughs> yeah, you know, get out, you wizard. Uh, 
Right. Well, I think you're so far ahead. <laughs> and sometimes when you're so far ahead. Yeah, you know, people don't like it. They, they, really, they hate it. No, they really hate it. And I think, yeah, that is it's, it's a common theme that's come out tonight is, you know, don't stick your neck too far out because somebody might try and knock it off. <laughs> knock exactly. your head off, yeah. But just, just, just a little bit at a time, you know, poco y poco, as they say, you know, little by little. Right, so fantastic. Thank you so much. Uh, I re really appreciate your time. And everybody that listens to this is going to appreciate it as well, Ralph. Thank you so much for, for um, educating me and, and everybody else. Um, it's been an absolute pleasure to speak to you. Oh, uh, absolute pleasure. Uh, um, you know, great conversation. Uh, yeah. I really enjoyed it. And I didn't ambush you with anything too technical, so... As promised. Very good. And, yeah, um, just to keep it you know, kind of quite casual for a, a Thursday night. And hopefully, um, hopefully uh, other people will find it just as, as entertaining as you and I. Yeah, and, and just, just finally, can you tell people how they can get in touch with you for social media? Obviously, you've got concussionpreventionprotocol.com. Uh, uh, That's probably the, the best way. You can contact You okay. go to concussionpreventionprotocol.com. Mm -hmm. uh, you can scroll down to contact me. Right. I, answer, I answer all my emails. Um, so uh, give me a little time. It's old school. It is old school. <laughs> yeah. but I, I do answer them um, yeah, no, personally. And uh, whatever questions they have or, or whatever thoughts they have, yeah. uh, I'm, I'm open-minded, you know. Uh, I try to learn from everyone. Yeah, fantastic. So, okay, so that's the best place to get hold of you. Right, so thank you, Ralph, for tonight. I wish you a very good night, and thanks for being with us. Oh, my pleasure. Cheerio. Wow, so that was um, the chat I had with uh, Dr. Ralph Cornwell, PhD. What a lovely gentleman, and uh, what, what, what a lot of fun that was. Um, yeah, rather than getting too technical over some things, uh, you know, it's good just to have the, the, the good general discussion regarding concussion. And yeah, in terms of like the parents out there listening, um, and think about what was said tonight as well prevention needn't be a difficult thing. You're always generally sold, trying to be sold a solution after the injury or after the point, and then it becomes an emotive and often very expensive issue, as we heard. So why not think about this as like a, a wake-up call uh, to, to, you know, kind of consider that as well. And for any other uh, sports people out there that are listening... I know we, we get listeners from all over the world. So, yeah, try try to, to consider some of these concepts as new information that could potentially be very useful for you. Because if you do go into cognitive dissonance and you just shut down and go, oh, no, I, 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 you know, your brain just tells you not, not to deal with it, then, you know, you, you could be worse off by doing that. Um, and that is a sign of the times, really. Uh, freedom of thought, freedom of information, freedom of speech are all things we need to hang on to and uh, really um, tend to carefully and lovingly and with patience and understanding for other people that have different points of view. So, yeah, tonight we've had different points of view and, you know, it'd be great if you, people could take those away with them. So, once again, I'll just remind you, you can find um, Ralph Cornwell, Dr. Ralph Cornwell, at... Uh, concussionpreventionprotocol.com 
and you can email him there. Uh, I think you can probably also find him on Facebook. Um, with ourselves, you can find us on Facebook, Post-Concussion Syndrome Awareness Worldwide, in the groups. There's a few groups there. And there's also the blog, which is uh, Post-Concussion Syndrome Awareness UK.wordpress.com. And you can find us on Twitter. The handle is at Post-Concussion. Or myself personally, at David74, that's spelled D-A-V-I-G-E-7-4. And uh, we look forward to hearing from you. Thank you very much. Good night. This is a very important disclaimer. In fact, it's not even a disclaimer. These are things that most sentient, intelligent, reasonable people actually know. And what am I talking about? In fact, in well, with the podcasts that we're making, you have to be responsible. Myself, my guests and my podcasts are not here to give you medical advice. We are not paid professionals. So, as society and the woke community, community dictates, we're here to say to you, any information which we put out in the podcast, anything we give to you is not construed or considered in any legal way or fashion whatsoever as medical advice. Any reasonable person knows that. But you're always going to get one or two or maybe a few hundred people that really are just as dumb as A, B, C, X, Y, Z. So, please do not take anything we say as medical advice or any other way. Please do your own research, your own um, just due diligence into whatever we say. And if you need, if you feel you need, if you really, because you could really trust yourself, feel you need the help, trust yourself to get in touch with your local practitioner, general practitioner, doctor, specialist, or whomever, or your psychiatrist, or whoever you're dealing with through post-concussion syndrome or any other health condition. And if I need to spell this out any more, just be really considerate and kind to yourself. And don't, please don't accept what we're saying as any kind of medical or legal or personal advice. I don't know how many other ways to say it, but I'm sure those of you who are intelligent enough will realise that, yeah, we don't give that kind of advice. And if you did want that kind of advice, you'd probably pay somebody that was really good at it to give give it to you in the first place. So don't worry about that. Uh, just enjoy the podcast. And uh, this summit is 24 now at least, and, and just, just really, really uh, have a, a wonderful time. And please get in touch if you need to. But don't worry about um, thinking that, you know, anything else. Just, just really, really enjoy what we're doing. And so much love and respect to you all. Thank you. <laughs>